Okay. Uh, do you, do you get a swag bag when you this? Uh, I usually get a little tube of travel, travel toothpaste. Right. You, got, you got me two toothbrushes. Two toothbrushes. Nice. Wow. I think. And a hat. So I have a hat from Timmy's dentist. You have a hat? Well, it's like an adult size hat. That's What <laughs> lunatic is out there wearing a, a growing great grand's hat? Some, somebody found that in a, in a thrift store. Like, yes, You're right. This is my look. Yeah, I think dentists are stepping up their game. And their swag game? Right. Me and my husband went to the dentist recently and they gave us each a rose at the end like we were contestants for the bachelorette. Wow. <laughs> like, okay. I guess we're dating now. I don't know. You and your dentist. <laughs> And Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. This is off topic, but can I share a piece of information that I learned recently? No. You know, like those reusable shopping bags that you can buy? Mm -hmm. I heard recently that in order to offset the carbon footprint from making one of those bags, you would have to use like a hundred thousand something ridiculous number of plastic bags. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm always skeptical of Uh like (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah. So this is not to say that you shouldn't, like, if you got them, use them, go nuts. But you'd have to use it, like, 100,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. I even read, like, paper versus plastic. The plastic in the long run is actually kind of easier on the environment because it's cheaper to make and ship. Like, paper's heavier, so it's harder to get to places. Tree killers, yeah. 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 So. It's kind of a conundrum. So basically, no matter what we do, (laughs) it's it's just, yeah. It's all downhill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe just like hold out your shirt and fill your groceries right. in like yeah. a pouch. You can now only don't, go shopping with what you can carry. Don't buy in your groceries barrels. either because those are all wrapped in plastic. You oh, know what? Don't buy groceries. Just okay. Lay down starve and yourself. don't do anything ever. Just starve yeah, yourself. that's yeah. the most humane mm. thing you can do. But if I die, then I'm also releasing carbon back into the atmosphere. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Even in my death, I'm contributing to right. the downfall of the world. Yeah, oh. In life and death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get to our news, and then we'll get to our topics. Okay. Yeah, let's jump right Happy on in. Happy day. Happy day, yeah. Um, Mars, this is the not the planet, the candy manufacturer. Okay. Oh, I thought we were talking about the god of war. Right. Oh, not That's that either. Okay. Yeah. Are any other Mars? Not, Ver- the- not Veronica Mars? Bruno? Not Bruno. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mars Hill? Not, yeah, the, uh, the infamous oh, not that uh, one Mark Driscoll? Okay. Mark yeah. Driscoll search, not, not, not Mars, though. So. One of those Mars. Mars Candy the Bars. The Candy va- Okay, so mm-hmm. a quick clarification, because this is like DC and Marvel. I always get confused. Which, which candies does Mars make? Do's Mars? Which Deuce candies Mars. does Mars make? Because... <laughs> M&M's. Um, okay. okay. Right. Um, Mars Bars. I don't know that I've ever had a Mars Bar. It's okay. I mean, all candies like fine, right? Not all candy is fine. No, that's have not you true. had Some those like orange fine. peanut shaped well, things? Those not, are not that's fine. That's not circus chocolate. peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Like all chocolate bars are fine, except for they have coconut in them, which they're mm-hmm. not going to, yeah. <laughs> is Mars behind Almond Joy? And I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Let okay. us know. All right. Mars to offer all female M&Ms for limited time to honor successful women all around the world. Wait, what? Hold on. My M&Ms Were are my, gendered? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Well, when you go to the movies, they have like a little thing and the M&Ms are gendered, right? In the commercial. In like the commercial. The animated, yeah. like not yes. the ones that I The eat. characters <laughs> yeah. are gendered. Well, so the purple, brown, and green M&Ms yeah. are evidently the girl M&Ms. Sure. I, I remember those from the commercial. Well, I remember yeah. the, the the green one is a girl. Yeah. I The purple and brown one is news to me. I remember, I remember brown. I don't know that I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen a purple M&M now that I think about that. Well, maybe they brought but her the, in. Yeah. The, the red one, <laughs> the red one, and the yellow peanut. They're the two they're the, main. They're characters. the two mains. Yeah. Right. right. Those are the two leads. Yeah. Right. Okay. They're the, they're the ones who see so Santa. So what's happened? Then, yeah. We've had like an Eminem revolution, and they've eaten all their males. Like 
<laughs> they're cannibals. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, if they can be gendered, I guess they can like be cannibals. Spiders. They've accomplished what they need, and now right. they yeah, they're devoured. Yeah, no, thank you. We're uh-huh. done with yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they're releasing all female M and M's candy packages. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> For a little time to honor women who are flipping the status quo. I feel so seen. Yeah. And in their flipping the status quo, the M and M's are upside down on the packaging. See. Wow. This is stupid. So wait a second. <laughs> So you don't feel honored no. as a woman. So in the pack of M and M's, it's now only the brown, green, and purple M and M's. Correct. Okay. Yes. Ew. This is still stupid. They're all the, they all yes, taste they, the no, exact they same. No, they don't. They don't. They do. Don't try to tell they, me the M and M's taste don't. differently. The yellow yeah. ones are the best. <laughs> okay, that is absolutely insanity. They're, they are all candy coated. There is no difference to these. Slight difference. I mean, the yellow one, if it has a peanut inside of it, tastes different. Yeah. It also tastes different. Th- don't no, worry. It's ridiculous. They also have peanut versions of these things. Okay? Oh, good. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And they're upside down because women are flipping how they define success. Are you flipping how you define success, Elise? Are you doing it while hanging upside down? No. <laughs> I'm reading the Bible. I mean, <laughs> Elise is still here and still pretty successful. So I'm not right. sure <laughs> I don't know that I should be <laughs> yeah. looked to for success. <laughs> you need to eat more of these M&Ms. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, or maybe you should be doing more things upside down. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's the answer. Like reading the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I will say peanut M and M's. Nice callback. Great. That's a that's a great. I, I already made that joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Yes, I did. Oh, that's why you're saying it's so good because you made it first. <laughs> yes. Well, well, David is giving you callback credit here, and yeah. I just want to say I already made the joke. Right. I, I just I, didn't hear it. I only heard Elise say it. I'm right. Well, that's you know you're paying more attention to me because um, of women's awareness. Right. Because I'm flipping the script. Yes. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm flipping how you define success. I am. Right. Yes. Uh, peanut M and M's. It's a great candy. That's underrated. It's real good. I'm not a huge. It's too much peanut for me. No, no. I think it's good. Yeah. I either want just one one peanut is too much peanut well, because it's not enough chocolate. Like okay. I want more chocolate to balance out the peanut to it, go together. It's right? basically trail mix. Peanut M and M's are. Yeah. And okay. Uh, so this is a you think that yellow M and M's taste different, right? You do not <laughs> have a valid opinion to express here. So Mars, one. This will be helpful for your carbon footprint uh-huh. and about your your plastic bags. They are they are spending a billion dollars for the next few years to reduce their carbon footprint. Good for them. Mm-hmm. What does this have to do with? Ma- th- are the red ones more carbon? <laughs> well, they're they're man they're man M and M. So probably that's right? probably <laughs> somehow they're worse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and it is announced it would alter its mascot to reflect the more dynamic, progressive world we live in. They already have M and Ms of every color. That's true. Well, not every color, I think. I mean the rainbow, red. Well, they, orange, don't, they don't have yellow, indigo green, and violet. They blue. just have okay. one. Purple. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, all those indigo people walking around. <laughs> Avatar. I'm sorry, you're not represented <laughs> on the, in the M M&M and M packaging of the blue uh, or green people. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, before we go on to people's colors, their sun M and M's, we'll get in trouble here. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, look. Good for them, I guess. But like, you know, I'm not really quite sure M&M's mascots are where, you know, the that's what's holding us back as a society. Yeah. Or are, do they have races? <laughs> I'm just going to say there's no I, white yeah. M&M. Wow. That is true. <laughs> no white M&M? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. All, yeah. Their, all their hands are white. They are. Are they all those gloves? Hard to say. Because like their legs, Mickey, their like legs and Mouse. their feet are also okay. white. Uh right? think so do they have shoes they do have shoes mrs m&m has shoes mrs. Mrs. M&M. she's got weird because there was some heels. controversy because she used to <laughs> wear high heels <laughs> and they put her in like flats and some people were like the, the and i heard some radio talk shows <laughs> complaining about it because she was no longer quote unquote 
sexy. Right. Because <laughs> no, no. the, M- the M&M was who we were looking to for sex appeal right. in our culture. She's, I mean, she's round <laughs> and green. <laughs> There's a song in there somewhere. Um, who better to help us on our mission to, uh, to prove that women are flipping the status quo uh, than our powerhouse spokes candies, green, brown, and purple. Okay, again. Are these powerhouse books? Yeah, we, we didn't even remember brown and purple. <laughs> Are they, that they were women. <laughs> we yeah. only remember green because she was sexy. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point. If she hadn't uh, been wearing high heels, none of us would have known. <laughs> now, in in a fairness to to. Mars. They are donating one dollar for every one of these packages purchased, up to half a million dollars to nonprofits that support women in the music industry. I'm so, all for that. Huh. Why the music industry? Yeah, what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's feels maybe, like feels like the music maybe industry these three is like ladies the are like where <laughs> are in a band. <laughs> maybe probably this is part of their campaign. Okay. Like they're like, uh, I'm you know I'm trying to think of a, a band with three women in it coming up. Dixie Chicks. The Dixie yeah. Chicks. There yeah. you go. Uh, TLC. There you go. Yes. These are yep. great. These are great. Yep. It's a great option. Can we keep yeah. going? Do we got two? Is that it? <laughs> we, that we might <laughs> end <right>. there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good run. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, do you feel now seen as a woman that Eminem's? Are I now do. Finally, oh, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. that wasn't to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let me sleep on it and get back to you. It's just. <laughs> It's just a flood of emotion and pride, really. So I think you should uh, eat the M and M's and get back to us. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. After eating these M and M's, do you feel more or less? Seen? They are finally breaking through that candy coated ceiling. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a ceiling that I want to break through, it's a candy coated one. That sounds delightful. Mm-hmm. All right. Because uh, that way, when it shatters on the people below you, they they also get candy coated. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump into our main topic. From relevant, are um, Mars bars? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I was trying to make up a Mars related. It didn't work. It's fine. What do we got? Well, the Ma- brown in, Eminem to our purple. Yeah, boys are from Mars and women are from Venus. So Ooh, maybe yeah. this is you know they're combating the stereotype that they're Mars. You know, typically it's not for just for boys anymore. Sure. So yeah. women can have their Eminems too. Was there any doubt that women could have Eminems? No. Okay. <laughs> not to me. You know what M and M's I love that I can almost never find are the ones that have like a crunch. It's not peanut, but they're like the. There's a pretzel M M&M and M that's pretty it's good. Not the pretzel. Okay. It's the M M&M, and It's like an M M&M and M crunch. It's yeah. A, I, don't, I forget yeah. what they. Yeah. It's almost like a like the crunch candy bar. Yes. Inside of an M M&M. and M. Yeah, those were yeah. very good. Yeah. All right. Uh, why fear is essential to faith? Okay. Casey Hobbs by our friends are relevant. All right. Fear, uh-huh. faith. Okay. It's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any more? No, but that's like, a, like an inspirational poster. Yeah, fear, live, laugh, fear, love, fear, fear, faith, fun. fun. Yeah, fear, <laughs> faith, fun. With a little tiger attacking a little mouse, yeah. and the mouse is smiling. Fear, faith, fun. Right. <laughs> Why? I, okay, sure. That's the poster. So like martyrdom. <laughs> like, I don't know. Fear, faith, fun. That's the poster. Okay. Okay. Um, let You're me welcome. You, let me ask you real quick: Is fear essential to faith? <laughs> well, the title. I'm glad you asked, Patrick. <laughs> Oh, just, you know, your opinion before we get into the, what Casey has to say here. What do you uh, think? My offhand opinion is that I'm probably going to disagree with what Casey has to say. Uh-huh. But I would say uh, fear is not detrimental to faith, but is not essential to faith. Okay. Yeah. But I think they're going to talk about fear in a way that I think is stupid. So, so. Yeah, I, I think probably. Yeah. Just from the little bit of that I've read this article. So I think that I have always thought of faith differently and that it is the point of faith is to really overcome and manage fear. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I don't know that I would agree that fear is essential to faith. I think that fear is a fact of being alive Mm, and that that 
faith is essential to fear. Ooh, faith is essential to fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the idea that uh, fear is a fact of being alive. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the things that causes trouble with this kind of idea, right, that, uh, that we get into a place where we say, oh, fear is essential to faith, is that so often we try to bury and pretend as if we don't have any fear. And I think that's also detrimental, right? Like, right. To act as if there is nothing to fear or as if there's no fear in my life. I'm not being honest and vulnerable with my experiences. So we have to acknowledge what you were just saying, right? You have to acknowledge um, that fear is a fact of life, um, but that faith overcomes that fear. Right. So I'm somebody who has like high functioning anxiety and I have this poster on my wall. Does that mean your anxiety is high functioning or you're high functioning in spite of your anxiety? Mm, I'll let you decide that (laughs) one. (laughs) Is your poster faith, faith, fun, fear? Faith, fear, fun. No. (laughs) Um, But it says everything will kill you. So choose something fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And that's sort of like my, my philosophy about life, right? Is that it's not that I'm not scared of things. It's that everything is scary and I'm going to freaking do it anyway. Hmm. Okay. Like, so that, that would be my approach to that. (coughs) Okay. I dig that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that's kind of undeniable is the Bible is going to talk about fear and mm-hmm. it is going to be talking about fear and connection oftentimes to a relationship with God. Sure. Um, that will definitely have moments in scripture where um, we will reference fearing God. Mm-hmm. Every time an angel, the Lord. every time a ma- an angel makes an appearance, they kind of say like, don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, so like uh, fear is kind of like definitely part of the faith experience by the people in Bible times. On some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, what that phrase means, the fear of the Lord or do not be afraid mm-hmm. or fear not, um, may not be the classic definitions of fear uh, that we can bring into that conversation. Sure. Uh, that it's a word that maybe has like a you know, a similar definition, but it's not like a haunted house uh, or things like that. Sure. Or, so I, w- mm-hmm. I would differentiate between like those... Uh, angelic messenger appearances where you know like the shepherds are told do not be afraid or mary is told do not be afraid right i would differentiate those from the places where particularly in the old testament where we talk about a fear of the lord or israel having a fear of the lord because i i think at least in my reading of those stories when the angels show up the shepherds are legitimately afraid yeah Mm -hmm. like i I think that is a haunted house moment of what is happening i am terrified for my life because i don't know what's going on and the angel's first reaction is don't be afraid right that you don't need to have that there's nothing to be afraid of here um, versus fear of the Lord, which I think has that very different connotation to it than what we typically understand as mm. fear. Mm. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to get into that, so I won't jump to that particular yeah. boat just yet. Yeah, so um, uh, let's talk about fear. So let's he's, he's going to talk about Bonhoeffer, a mm. Lutheran guy. Yeah. Dietrich. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, yes. That's the one. Yeah. Do you want to talk, talk about him? You just give us a, a brief bio. Uh, so Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, was a Lutheran theologian in Germany under a Nazi regime during World War II. Uh, he uh, was famously kind of part of the church movement that was resisting uh, the Nazis and got involved in a secret plot to try to assassinate Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, actually was in the United States uh, just as things were kind of falling apart, uh, teaching at Union Theological Th- Seminary, I think. He was definitely in the United States. I can't verify that that was the seminary he's at. And his friends here were trying to get him to stay. And he said, no, I have to go back. Um, and he went back to uh, Germany, uh, Was became a part of this plot. Uh, there's all sorts of writings about his experiences of this, saying that like he was really torn up about, like, should we be killing this person? And then mm-hmm. ultimately deciding that the death of this one was better for anyway. Yeah. Um, and he was arrested because of his part in this plot and was killed in a camp uh, a prisoner a prisoner of war camp I think is the camp he was in I don't think it was a concentration camp but he was killed like 
two or three days before the war ended um, and died in that way. And so now is uh, referred to as kind of a martyr of faith, mm-hmm. um, has a, a book called Life Together that's kind of famously read. Um, yeah, an interesting guy. Had he not been involved in this particular plot and this particular experience, we probably wouldn't know him. He probably just yeah. would be another pastor from Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of this life experience, he has gained some notoriety. And uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right, Bonhoeffer. So, so Bonhoeffer once wrote, this is quote, that is the first commandment, the entire gospel, fear God, instead of the many things which you fear. All right, let's, what do you think? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah, but again, the question here is, what do we mean by fear? Right. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting one because I think um, when we talk about like fear in church or things like that, it's easy to bring up connotations of like fire and brimstone, mm-hmm. of like you should mm-hmm. constantly be afraid of like sin and hell and God destroying you. And for God all, is yeah. is angry at you, mm-hmm. you know, or at the very least, God is angry at them, you know, yeah. like sometimes. We're okay, yeah. but, you know, you should be afraid of everyone else in this world. Sure, sure. You know, that they're going to be destroyed. Um, and so I don't think when we think about fear, like, that is healthy or reasonable. I think sometimes the flip side is to eliminate, you know, like, any, you know, aspects of fear when it comes to, like, connotations of God. Mm-hmm. And so right. maybe how do we hold fear and, I don't know, grace and gospel and love yeah. in Tension together is important. Uh, and so for him, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the first commandment or the commandments of God is, is this idea of fearing God. And the early Israelites would have reason to, right? If they, yeah. When they broke those commandments, God had a, you know, based on their covenant relation with God, sure. punishment happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that punishment was big. Mm-hmm. Um, now, God never <laughs> abandons them. But he is not unwilling to discipline them. Yeah. Yeah. And they also see God's power carried out against others, right? I mean, they see what God does to the Egyptians uh, through the Mm -hmm. plagues. They see what God does to armies that they go into battle again. Like, they know how powerful God is. Yeah. and, And so when we put it in that context, right, there are reasons to be afraid of a God that is that powerful. Sure. Right? Um, I, I think that it's a, it's an okay thing to look at those stories and be like, that's a God that I should be afraid of because I can't. I can't control that, right? And so it's outside of my control, and it's clearly powerful and destructive, and so I should be afraid of that. Um, But I think that the connotation of fear the Lord, right, that we get in this first commandment, fear the Lord, you love your, or uh, fear the Lord your God and have no other gods before him, um, it's not about, it's not about cowering, it's not about hiding, it's not about um, thinking this thing can destroy me, it's about recognizing God's power above and beyond all other things that try to claim power in our life, mm-hmm. right? You said, at least earlier, right? Everything can kill you, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to do something fun, right? Um, so everything in this world has the ability to potentially destroy us, right? Um, and including God. God has the ability to destroy us, but we fear and respect God because God can is the only one who can destroy everything else. Mm-hmm. God is the only one who can defeat even death itself. Uh, and so it, it's, a, it's a fear out of respect for the power that is there, not a fear out of, if I step out of line, I'm going to get smote or yeah. smitten. Smited? Smitten. Definitely smote. <laughs> smote. That's it. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think one of those is probably right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Choose your own adventure with that one. <laughs> smitten. <laughs> Sounds like, oh, I've been smitten. Yeah. yeah. Is, smitten is different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might also be right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Casey here, next subheading, an unsettling love. 
Oh. <laughs> All right. That was dramatic. That's, right. That's, 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 a, that's a subheading. I don't know. You t- you. All right. Um, so we're talking, you know, briefly mentions Jesus sometimes does some interesting and bizarre things in the Gospels uh, that would be weird or maybe fearful at the time, like uh, crushing a church party with a whip and driving people out. I love that story. Yep. Um, referring to one of his friends as Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um well, we don't do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> Once a week, at least. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, you know, put <coughs> such a, you know, a, a heavy burden on his followers or the crowd that they were like, I'm just not interested in this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that it was no longer like it was it wasn't always like what we would call seeker sensitive. Like Jesus mm-hmm. wasn't always like that. Like sometimes right away he's telling you like, hey, if you don't hate your mother and father uh, more than me then like you have no place here. And that's yeah. not seeker sensitive. I mean, that's not right. a, that's not an easy pill to swallow. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's tough to do. Um, and then, you know, we ultimately end up with Peter saying like, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Uh, you know, basically saying we're, we've got, we're running out of options here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is our best bet is, you know, you are God. And uh, I, I, you know, I like this stuff. So, um, so Casey is going to say here, and I don't love this article, by the way. I think it's more confusing than it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beginning of the gospel is this. Uh, the beginning of life is the reason that only God has life to give. Okay, what do you think about this? The beginning of life is realizing that only God has life to give. The meaning of life? The beginning, beginning of life. Of life. Hmm. I don't know that it's helpful for me. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. It just feels trite. Yeah, I think we say a lot of things to make ourselves feel better about like, or smarter, yeah. right? Like the enormity of decisions we're making. But I don't. Yeah. yeah. So maybe let's move on from this article and just talk more about fear. Let's do it. Here in yeah. Relationship with since faith. we've yeah. sort of moved on from let's Casey, leave, yeah. leave Casey in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid of his. I don't know. I got nothing. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um. So we talked about this idea of like fear of the Lord as mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what does that look like, you know, as a follower of Jesus, how do we respect God out of fear? What is, you know, what is that in practical sense? How do we play that out? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, all right, let's think of it in the context of a parental relationship because we sure. often think about God as father. Right? That is, uh, one of the most popular analogies in the Bible. It is <laughs> maybe most popular. It's right there. Yeah. Um, and so if that's the case, um, and we're thinking about, uh, like how we respect our parents, right? You don't want to be afraid of your parents thinking that at any moment they could come down and hit you, hurt you, injure you, right? You want to know that they love you, but you want to respect their authority, right? You want to respect that they have um, they have power to care for you and they have power to not care for you, right? Mm-hmm. There, there isn't a power that comes there and there's an authority that comes there. And so when we act, I'm getting myself into a hole that I don't know that I want to be in, but you know, when we, are, when we uh, act in ways that our parents... Um, encourage us to right when we follow rules when we uh, act in line with their expectations then we reap the benefits of that mm-hmm. right now god is not as fickle as human parents right and so god has uh, a different standard for us than perhaps our human parents do but it's that same idea of how do i act in line with what god has put in place for me because god has put these things in place for me for my benefit yeah and when i act out of line of those then things happen that are not for my benefit not because god causes them to happen but because god put things in place for my benefit and now I'm not doing those things. And you know, those things were not there for my benefit. I'm talking in a circle now and got myself yeah. lost. So well, go ahead, Lise. 
I think sort of my understanding of this is that it's like a deep realization that things matter, right? Like the things that you do matter, the way you respond to situations matter, the way you conduct yourself matters. Mm-hmm. Like, And so it's a healthy respect for the gravity of the way that you interact with the world. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the, the, the two most popular analogies in scripture that, mm-hmm. you know, God and humanity's relationship is parent, child, and uh, husband, wife, you know, those mm-hmm. are the two most popular that we kind of get into. And I think sometimes it, you know, as we kind of like those bleed over one another, it comes, gets a little messy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, because obviously the relationship changes, you know, that mm-hmm. um, in parent child, the parent has, you know, authority in a sense over uh, the child. So in the same way, God has authority over us. Uh, when we talk about a spousal relationship, it shifts, right? Yeah. Like that's not quite the same. Like your spouse doesn't have like the ability to like discipline you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's just not the way things were, or at least it should not work, <laughs> right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but a parent does. And oftentimes a parent should, you know, uh, a parent who does not discipline their child is not a good parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like that's not a positive experience. That's a bad one, right? Like it's a parent that doesn't care ultimately yeah. uh, because discipline is done out of concern, care, and love for the child to make them, you know, into the person that they can become. Um, so as we kind of shift from this Old Testament mentality where God is often using, you know, this parent-child relationship into the New Testament analogy, where we're getting shifting a little bit closer to the spousal relationship. Sure. I think that understanding of fear changes. Um, so like how in, you know, we use the analogy of child being afraid or respectful for parents, mm-hmm. but how does that work in kind of a spousal relationship? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. You're a spouse. I, I've been I talking a, spouse, a lot. Yeah. We're all spouses. Yes. Yeah, I, again, I'm going to go back to just the understanding that things matter, right? Yeah. Like, y- you are dealing with something precious, mm-hmm. and so you're going to approach that with respect, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not just doing whatever you want to do whenever, with no regards to how that reflects, affects that relationship. Yeah. I like it. No, I mean, that's all I got, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think fear, <clears throat> fear, fear comes back much more to, like, awe and maybe awe is a better a better connotation for us rather than fear of the lord maybe it's awe of the lord mm-hmm. all right and especially as we enter into this uh this idea of a marriage relationship right i have awe um for the relationship that i have with my spouse right mm-hmm. and and because of that awe i do things to benefit it and to uh support it rather than to tear it down mm-hmm. to, or to injure it and so if we have awe for our relationship with god i think the same thing is true um but yeah, I think maybe fear is just not the word that we want to yeah. put into place there. Maybe awe is better for our modern yeah. connotation, but though we don't really use awe either. Mm-hmm. That's not a, a common word that we use on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Oh, so we're talking about like puppies or kitties or babies when we say, aw. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I get that as a joke, but I think that's like, that's the problem with it, right? Is yeah. that that is how we use it and that... In the same way that fear has been cheapened to something else, it cheapens yeah. the the sense of what awe is mm-hmm. too, right? Because we're not looking at our relationship with God and going, ah, but that's then how we hear it. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, an idealized spousal relationship, the, the fear element is not like, 
I'm afraid of my spouse. Like I'm afraid if I make a bad financial choice or if they see me talking to a member of the opposite sex, they're going to get angry at me and then I'll get in trouble at home. But I think the fear comes in like I'm afraid of doing something that would damage my relationship with them. Uh, That's what I'm, you know, you could say I'm afraid of. Like I'm afraid that my actions or lack of actions hurt us Mm -hmm. Um, and it damages our connection and our intimacy and that is a fear right like so it's not like if i make a bad financial investment it makes you know your my wife mad at me but it damages maybe the trust my ha- my wife might have I mean that makes that relationship you know not as strong as it used to be and so for me thinking about like my relation with god in this context of fear the element of fear for me is like well there's fear that my end can damage my relationship with god like it can dissolve it, it can weaken it, it can uh, stress it. Now, I don't believe God is looking at me and saying, oh, you sinned today, I'm not as interested in you as I yeah, was before. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that sin does dissolve my end uh, and makes me pull further back. And sometimes in a way that we would say, I don't even realize it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you feel like, I feel really distant from God, and I don't know exactly why i can't point to one thing just a a lifetime or you know a season of decision making that was not supporting that relationship Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's it's dissolved. so for me the fear when i approach god in fear is out of so the you know ideal sense out of so much love i do not want to damage this uh and i recognize that things can yeah you know i think this comes back to bonhoeffer's quote a little bit here right that ultimately your Choosing, am I, am I going to fear God and have you know God be the the one who has authority over everything, or am I going to fear the possibility that I might sin mm-hmm. or the possibility that I mm-hmm. might be punished? Right? Yeah. Um, you know, because if you're fearing, even if you're fearing sin, like I'm, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to sin, you're missing the point, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> the point of a relationship with God is to have that relationship with God, knowing I'm going to screw up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God is going to love me anyway, so I don't need to be afraid of that sin. Right, I don't need to pursue it. I don't need to, but I don't need to be live in fear of screwing up because God's love is so sure for me. When we have that awe and that fear of God, then nothing else has holds water as far as uh, being or something that we need to be afraid of. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, maybe you know, I want to make sure I, I don't want to like say anything I'm, that God lessens its love, His love for me. No, yeah, but I, I think that lessens my love for God. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I think that when we say, "Well, I'm a like," yeah. We shouldn't sin because sin has has repercussions, right? Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But if we say I'm afraid to sin, mm-hmm. yeah, then we're it's like we're giving sin power. Sure. Rather than saying, um, like, and I think this is what you were getting at too, right? I, I don't want to do. I I don't want to damage my relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. Because I fear, I fear and respect and have awe for God. I don't fear sin. Yeah. Because God has defeated sin, but I I want to have that respect and love for God. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm saying that clearly, but <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think I, we're getting to the same. I think this is a tougher concept, and I think what makes it complicated is we can acknowledge like the church has not handled this very well in the past. No. Yeah, like I think that you know, oftentimes when the church explores elements of fear and in um, in, uh, in context of faith, it is designed to like make you afraid of the outside world to drive you closer to the church community or Mm -hmm. to, you know, exploit or to do those things. And so in a more progressive church, oftentimes like, I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. So it's easy to be like, so let's just pull back almost too far on the other end, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so, uh, 
you know, and so instead of saying like, it's easy to kind of get away from this idea of like our sin can damage your relationship with God. We don't want to like put that out there at all. We want to highlight God's grace and love for you. And those things are true, but I think sometimes out of fear mm-hmm. right, of, <laughs> of coming across too much fire and brimstone, too much um, of a faith built on your effort and expectation and that you have control of like all the cards, uh, how your faith is built. And it's, it's, it's like a deck of cards and anything could, could topple it at mm-hmm. any moment. Mm-hmm. And you need to be terrified that any sin could like blow the, of blow over everything you've ever done yeah. and instantaneously destroyed, you know, that's not going to be very helpful. Right. Like, <clears throat> so, so I think sometimes we want to get so far away from that. We kind of forget to acknowledge this fear element at all. So, yeah, I hear that. All right. Well, are there any other maybe negative emotions that are important to faith as we're kind of, kind of uh, doing this? Fear is not usually quantified as a positive one yeah i think we've talked about doubt before yeah i think doubt is uh is a critical part of our faith experience i think uh grief sure mm-hmm. um we've talked about that before too yeah, yeah. what about like jealousy because that's another mm. word that comes up in scripture where god is a jealous god, god as a yeah. jealous god so how does that work you know this kind of more negative connotation how does jealousy work in terms of faith you know god describes God's self is jealous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not told to be jealous. Mm-hmm. Sure. And right. so I think that's an important distinction. But we're told to be like God. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, in the sense of God's being a jealous God, right? The, the idea is here is God doesn't want to share us with other things. Yeah. Right. God doesn't want us to be worshiping other idols, whatever, whether that's, a, a, a literal idol or you know our money or our greed or our time right god doesn't want us to be worshiping other things and then giving god some affection on the side god wants our right. whole self right yeah. that that's the connotation behind god being a jealous god so i mean if we're supposed to imitate god in that same way i think that we do want to give god our full self as well mm-hmm. but i i don't know i'm yeah well i think in the idealized spousal relationship both you know, parties are doing that for one another, right? Like, yeah. and the idea of like, if I'm giving 100% of myself to you and you're holding, you know, 10% back to give to something else, it may, it would be a jealous relationship, right? Like I'm jealous that we're not as, you know, committed to one another as as both parties should be in, in a sense. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know that jealousy has any space in an ideal though. Well, mm. I mean, I in, don't know. in God's mm. relationship with us, I mean... This right, but I'm not sure that that's as literal as maybe we're taking it. It feels hmm. like a way to describe, like, sure. you know, this idea that, you know, God demands your attention and not that he is literally jealous, you know? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I I think it's hard for jealousy in particular because we have such a particular negative connotation around mm-hmm. jealousy. Like, any anytime a jealousy trope is brought up in a story or a movie or whatever, it's always bad, right? Sure, it's, yeah. it's never like, oh, here's a great expression. It, it, even those places where I'm, this thing I was watching uh, an old episode of a sh- TV show the other week, and uh, the wife was like describing like, oh, it's so good to see her husband like get jealous of her, like some other guy was flirting with her or whatever, and she's just like, she was glad that he got jealous and that he and he was like so confused by us. I was like, why do you like this? I've, this feels terrible. Why do you mm-hmm. like feel and. So like there's not a place where it's clear that jealousy that jealousy in that way has a has a has a place, has an appropriate place. Mm-hmm. Um I think that 
our love causes us to react when something that we love is in jeopardy or like we feel like it's threatened. But I feel like in a lot of ways that is a human side of us that's coming out in sometimes not helpful ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, particularly with jealousy. I, yeah, I, I'm with you at least. I'm not sure that there's a healthy way for that. Yeah. I think, I, I think there's just too much negative baggage for me to get my head around a healthy way that jealousy well, reacts in, in between us. Yeah. I, I think, you know, instead of like, you know, just in the context of like, okay, I, you know, I love my spouse. My spouse has like a fling on the side, you know, like, let's get out of that. So like, like loving a spouse with, through an addiction sure. has like a jealous mm-hmm. love, right? Like I love you. And yet part of you is, is consumed by something else that's hurting you. And there's a jealousy there, right? Like I want you to invest here instead of there. Now, whether that's the most helpful, I don't, I don't know. But I'm trying to make sense of this idea of God as a jealous God. Yeah. Is he seeing humanity pursue things that ultimately hurt us uh, and does not desire that? Like, like this is not the end goal. Like he doesn't want, he is not interested in humanity uh, pursuing another God getting heartbroken and wandering back. Yeah. Like I that's think, just not, I think that's, that's not how things are supposed to go. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. But if we're yeah. talking about negative emotions that are maybe essential or are critical components of our faith, I think that's God's expression for us. I don't think that's as much our expression of faith, mm-hmm. okay. but I, I do. I don't disagree with anything that you've just said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of other ones now. Sure. What's like another na- I mean, there's like the seven deadly sins. Isn't jealousy one of the seven deadly sins? Mm, pride is. Let's see. I'm Greed. From pride. <laughs> I don't have these memorized. Avarice. I remember the movie <laughs> with Brad Pitt yeah. and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't remember that movie. Was it uh, really good? It's really good. Yeah. No? It's, I mean, it's a thriller. It's right at our bloody. It's, but it's oh, good. It's okay. Really good. Uh, gluttony. Lust. Gluttony. Um, pride. Greed. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrath. Mm. Uh, mm. Jealousy. Sloth. Yeah. And sloth. Yeah. 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 So jealousy's in there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sloth, probably also not essential no. for our faith. Yeah, I think greed but and jealousy great. are kind of similar. I think, yeah, I think in many ways they're, yeah, they're yeah. connected. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or maybe it's a die. Maybe there's six sides to it. Right. Seven sides. It's a, oh. <laughs> it's seven in D&D, side. there is not a seven-sided die. Is there a seven-sided die in anything? I guess no. something, something's something, got to have seven maybe. sides. Yeah. Not to my knowledge. Okay. There's six, there's eight. What would you call a seven-sided object? Uh, what is what, what? I don't know. There's a word for it. Okay. <laughs> you know. I don't know what it is. Well, an octagon is eight sides. Eight sides. Eight mm. sides. So it's probably like and a, a se- polygon. A se- maybe? Well, no, a polygon is any number of. Right. Seven. So yeah. it's seven sided polygon. It is a seven sided yeah. polygon. <laughs> There's your answer. Technical. Sure. I think it'd be like, that's like squares and rectangles. Yeah. Right. Like, it'd be like yeah. septagon or something like that. Probably. Probably a septagon. Yeah. yeah. Septagon sounds like a transformer. <laughs> septagon. Right. <laughs> Have we devolved? Yeah. We've <laughs> devolved. Yeah. All right. So we we tried to explore this uh, topic. What did we do? A good job. Who's mm. to say? All right. Who's to say? Real <laughs> quick. What are you afraid of? What What's your like deepest fear? Uh, real. I told I told Patrick mine is dragons. <laughs> dragons. <laughs> yeah, man. Dragons are I'm, terrifying. I shouldn't laugh. I'm so sorry. Dragons are scary. Yeah. Well, yeah. how lucky are you to live in a time when I can be afraid of dragons? When yeah. dragons have been vanquished. Uh, you know, in, in <laughs> maybe a, I don't know. Like like a legitimate <laughs> like you know like not a phobia you know it's not like crippling yeah i am afraid 
bodies of water where I cannot see the bottom. Oh, yeah. That's so, a pretty common like one, Like just I think. knowing that it exists or being on the body of water or... Yeah, like a body of water where you can't see like into it is scary to me. Mm-hmm. So like a pool, fine. Yeah. Clear waters, fine. Getting into like murky lakes or like Galveston where you like immediately <laughs> like you can't see anything that's yeah. going on down there. Like those yeah. things are scary to me. Is yeah. it like... If I'm on a boat over the water? No, that's fine. You're okay, but you camera. in the water, like physically in the water. Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not paralyzing. I can't yeah. do it. It's just like, it does not make me feel comfortable. For so, sure. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. That's uh, brave of you to admit that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Cockroaches. Mm. That's palmetto like, bugs. Yep. <laughs> the, we have like big rat sized cockroaches in South Carolina that yeah, fly and they're, oh, oh, they're awful. Terrible. And they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It doesn't matter how clean you are, they're everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to think. About, I don't. I'll look at you. I'm, I'm we so, share our fears. And you're like, dragons. I don't really have. I don't really have <laughs> the fears. Thing that isn't it's, real. Not, <laughs> it's not that I don't have. Like, I'm. I'm just trying to think about. It. Like, yeah. I don't. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's out there. But I, whatever it is, I don't encounter it often enough for me to be like, that's my thing. What's your biggest like philosophical fear? Because those dragons. are like, dra- oh my god. <laughs> well, they're not real, so I guess it's a philosophical fear, right? That's not what I meant. <laughs> uh okay like then, loneliness or mm, okay I yeah know. i get that i get that um not being loved okay it's a big one uh for me it would be like alzheimer's or dementia like Ooh. slowly losing sense of like who you yeah. are and like having pockets where you remember yeah and then like and then it fades is really scary to me yeah so this is suddenly getting really depressing. It this is. was not the direction well, the, I intended to be. Yeah. 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 I thought we were going to talk about dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen how to train a dragon, though. So oh, I, so know, you're good. I know what to do. Patrick's fine. Those yeah. dragons are cute. Yeah. yeah. Adorable dragons. Oh, yes. Yeah. You have one? I mean, uh, we share. So. Stagnating. Okay. Like the water that Patrick's afraid of. You're right. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just sitting there and getting murkier and murkier. Yeah. I mean, it's that idea of like not continuously growing or changing right mm. and just becoming one yeah, yeah. big and staying there forever yeah mm. i i read a thing that that stuck with me um the other day in one of my devotionals and it was saying like dif- i don't have a fear of suffering but i have a fear that my suffering is meaningless like yeah. that, that there is no cosmic story that sure. that makes the world a better place or it's pointing me in something new it's just like suffering for suffering's sake Mm -hmm. and so like you know endurance for something beautiful or bigger is fine but endurance for endurance sake is like no thank you like that Mm -hmm. that is the fear of like that uh, when the curtain is revealed it's like all the pain in this world is just pain is uh is you know tough to to swallow yeah yeah sure i think that's yeah i think that's why i hold on so tightly to faith yeah Mm -hmm. is because that's the thing that keeps me from being afraid of that yeah that is that fear of like nihilism in a sense. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. you know, and, and so I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, that are by people who do not have faith. Right. And mm-hmm. in a variety of different contexts, science and whatever. And anytime we get into that, like for me, that's the thing that grounds me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's getting back to that Bonhoeffer quote again. Right. That I don't have to be afraid of all these other things that are out there to be afraid of because I have this respect and love for the power and authority of God mm-hmm. over my life and over the life of everybody around me. And it, mm-hmm. and it gives me space to enter into suffering and it gives me space to, uh, walk with people through their suffering and it gives me space to face things that are terrifying sure. and mm-hmm. sometimes i do that better than others but i i think that's that's why that's why the angels tell us not to be afraid yeah right because when you when someone comes in the presence of god you don't have to be afraid of that you everybody thinks they're going to die 
And yet there, uh, there's no story that I can think of in the Bible when someone encounters God face to face and dies. But everybody thinks they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that never actually happens. And I think that's, I don't know. Except for the Nazis in Indiana Jones and the right. Temple but of the... That, no. I don't think that was Raiders in the Bible. The that was, wait, what? <laughs> I said, I don't think that was in the Bible. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant's in the Bible. Sure. It's true. And there's that. <laughs> I don't think Hitler was involved. No. <laughs> and they're in Egypt, and Egypt is in the Bible, too. Yeah. So. So, right. Two for two. <laughs> <laughs> Should we canonize it? Yeah. Canonize Indiana Jones. <laughs> what are the rules? <laughs> uh, not being Catholic, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> we could figure that out. Yes. Spielberg's letter. <laughs> Yeah, the letter of St. Spielberg to the people of <laughs> the Crusades? No, that's, well, that's, that's, that's a different one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, we, anyway. we don't speak of that. Yeah. Well, I like the last Crusade. That one's a good one. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the Crusades, Crusades in general. <laughs> yeah. so we don't want to give any lip service to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just the last one, not any yeah. of the ones before it. There's right. a, a new Indiana Jones movie coming out this year. I've heard. I and know. Harrison Ford's still going to be in it? He's like nine years old. I know. I know. I'm still. He's... he's Still crushing it. Regulation hottie. Yes. <laughs> Regulation as opposed to like an illegal one. <laughs> the Regulation size. The fourth one was no good, but I, you know, high hopes that they learned their lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fourth, yeah. Aliens got weird. Like, why, yeah. why did we get I aliens? So many possibilities for the mysteries and wonders of this world without going into aliens. Mm-hmm. Just go back to the I like aliens, mystical but... god. Well, yeah, it served you well twice. <laughs> anyway, are we done? We're done. We're done. Okay. <laughs> hey, if you liked this episode, uh, you can send us I'm an email. Sure I did. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. <laughs> Patrick, you don't have to like it. That's fine. If you, listener out there, like this episode, we want to hear about it. Uh, you can send us an email of the things you're afraid of. Uh, at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com I fixed our email problem we okay. we can now uh, receive email <laughs> I have a whole bunch of junk email and two actual emails oh. <laughs> one from your wife and one from like last September so sorry Oops. Uh, I will get to that one that we didn't know about and then a whole bunch of junk that I'm like how did this get onto anything because we haven't ever signed up for anything with this email but there it is they yep. found me nonetheless uh, so yeah send us an email beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com uh, listen to all of your favorite episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com and be sure to rate, review us on uh, your favorite podcast listening platform because that's how you can spread the word about Beyond Sunday. Yeah. All right, great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. <laughs>